0: Hey everyone, I'm James Lindsay and you are listening to the New Discourses Podcast. I've been meaning for a while to go through kind of one of these diversity statements put out by an entity, kind of like I have, you know, I've read through these other documents like repressive tolerance and mapping the margins. I still have some others that I want to do. But I've been meaning to kind of go through one of these apparently boilerplate uh, diversity documents that is being put out by a corporation or university or something, kind of decode it. So I realized that, you know, while I'm doing this one, I probably won't do lots and lots of these. I may do some more in the future. This could be used as a kind of template to understand what you're seeing when some institution or organization or company or church or whatever happens to put one of these kind of impenetrable, stupid, Documents about diversity, equity, and inclusion or something like that out into the world. And you can use this kind of as a roadmap then. This one, which is a strategic plan for faculty diversity, equity, and inclusivity from the University of Texas at Austin, Office of the Executive Vice President and Provost. Somebody sent to me. I get three or four examples of these a day. I got a couple more uh, today, as a matter of fact not just this one. And I read through part of this one, and I thought it might be helpful to kind of break down the assumptions, try to translate it into plain English. Now it's fairly long. This is their plan. It's 21 pages. There's a lot of details. I don't want this to take two or three hours. I'm going to try to go through it kind of comprehensively. I may try to rush through a little bit so I can keep it in a relatively short time frame. The point being that if I really, like if I wanted to do this in writing, if I wanted to take this 21-page document apart and explain to people what it would look like, we're talking a 200-page book probably, it's what I've noticed is that to explain this stuff has about a 10 to 1 decompression ratio when you're trying to put it in plain language, not to just say what it says, but to convincingly argue what the underlying assumptions are when you have one of these so-called plans for diversity, equity, and inclusivity. So because I think this is going to go kind of long, let's just dive in. So like I said, this is University of Texas at Austin from the Office of the Executive Vice President and Provost Strategic Plan for Faculty Diversity, Equity, and Inclusivity, DEI. Um, the Preface reads, and I'm going to have to unpack this as I go, as a part of the academic mission of the University of Texas at Austin, we are committed to recruiting, employing, and, in- and supporting highly qualified faculty members with a wide range of backgrounds, ideas, and viewpoints. So you're going to notice that this is really, you know, the usual kind of boilerplate. There's a lot of words here that don't have anything to do with what's really going on. Um, But they're saying from the outset that they're going to make this a part of the academic mission of the university, and it's going to be something to do with recruiting, employing, and supporting highly qualified faculty members, and they say with a wide range of backgrounds, backgrounds, ideas, and viewpoints. Now, because we know the context of this is diversity, equity, and inclusivity, as they phrased it, that's probably not quite on the up and up. Um, I think we'll be able to break that down pretty quickly, but I've done podcasts in the past here on the New Discourses podcast, and I've written articles on New Discourses, and there are other articles available on the web, pointing out that the diversity and, and inclusivity don't mean what people tend to think they mean. So when you have a wide range of backgrounds, ideas, and viewpoints, you have to understand that from the position of critical social justice or critical theories, like critical race theory, which will inform this document, which will inform this 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 plan, that backgrounds, ideas, and viewpoints mean something that's rooted in somebody's identity. They call this, for, for example, the the unique voice of color critical race theory. They posit that the experience of systemic uh, oppression by race lends to people of color a unique voice of color that offers truths about race and racism that are inaccessible to people who are in dominant racial groups, which is a controversial claim to say the least. Um, This, of course, doesn't say that explicitly, so it's not about jumping the gun. It's just that These ideologies, this is what this is about. So when they say a wide range of backgrounds, ideas, and viewpoints, you have to wonder, what do you need a diverse range, a wide range of backgrounds, ideas, and viewpoints in chemistry, in engineering, in what? Um, Where does that apply? Where do diverse backgrounds apply? Do they mean educational backgrounds? Um, They don't specify. So it leaves it open. The institution, they then say, embraces diversity, equity, and, inclus- and inclusivity in many forms. I'm sure it does. Um, I'm not sure what, what, what they would mean. What, what does diversity in many forms mean? Um, and w- does it mean that they have many different ways that they're going to try to do it? What is equity in many forms? Equity means adjusting shares so that citizens are made equal. What does equity in many forms mean? What does inclusivity in many forms mean? This is again just kind of a standard empty boilerplate that doesn't say anything. Um, We're dedicated to the principle, they write, that individuals be respected, equitably, equitably included, and enjoy equitable access to opportunities regardless of their race, ethnicity, nationality, religious background, sexual orientation, gender identity, and expression disability, or marital, parental, age, veteran, health, history, socioeconomic, or citizenship status. It almost makes you laugh to read that list. Um, The thing Judith Butler referred to complaining about the intersectional listing of identity categories as that exasperated etc. They didn't didn't say etc., did they? They listed so many things, it's almost comical to read them all. Well, here's the thing. You, You didn't actually mention viewpoint or politics, of course, uh, but you'd mentioned this kind of laundry list of identity categories under which we are and uh, yeah, sexual orientation, gender identity, and expression, disability, or marital, parental age, veteran health history, socioeconomic, or citizenship status. This is such a long list that you get the impression that what they're trying to do is avoid having left anybody off the list so that nobody can possibly complain and say, oh, you know, you didn't name my special interest group here as something that's going to have to be uh, demanded to to be respected. Well, everybody should be respected at the level of baseline humanity, so that's easy to kind of like accept that this is something that you should have. But of course, what does that mean? You know, does it mean that their work has to be respected? I mean, Derek Bell, one of the founders of Critical Race Theory, complained that people didn't respect his work. Well, his work was crap. It's very upsetting to people who believe in critical race theory to say that, but the quality of his legal scholarship, as he became more and more critical, became less and less good, and people criticized that, and he said that it was racism because they didn't respect his work, and they cl- he claimed that they didn't respect his work because of his race, as, and opposed, as opposed to the quality of his work. You see this all the time from critical theorists, so is, is, is that what they're talking about? Do we have to respect their work? Uh, equitably included. What does that mean? I know what these words mean. So included, they have to be included in some way. They have to be welcomed and allowed in. They're not going to be excluded. Equitably. Equitably means adjusting shares so that things are made equal. What does that mean? So we're going to equitably include people based on... So what this means, I'll just cut to the chase. What it means is they're going to assess historical injustices, say that people historically were not equitably included, and that they that people today who are catch this different people who happen to share identity categories or these long list of categories with people in the past who were not included properly. People today who are not the same people but happen to be in the same groups have to be uh, preferentially included or adjusted around so that the shares are made equal to some vision of equity that the administrators will hold, and hopefully that will be explicated here, but it probably will not be, uh, because vagueness is one of the hallmarks of these kinds of policies, uh, policy plans, and so they're supposed to also enjoy equitable access to opportunities. Um, Again, what does that mean? The Civil Rights Acts were passed in the 1960s. It's been the law of the land, and the universities have been the kind of leading edge of progressive implementation of policy since the 1960s. I mean, we're we're talking 50-something years where discrimination in any of these domains has already been illegal. And so now they're stating this, stating that they're dedicated to a principle of upholding something that's been the law for over 50 years. Like, are you saying that you haven't been, or are you just reiterating it for... This is, I mean, this is um, kind of bizarre, but again... You know, you have this incredibly long, we'll say, inclusive list, race, ethnicity, nationality, religious background, sexual orientation, gender identity and expression, disability or marital, parental, age veteran, health history, socioeconomic or citizenship status, but it doesn't mention politics. It doesn't mention whether or not somebody might have actually different diverse viewpoints that they want to make sure there's equitable access. This wouldn't normally be something you have to bring up, except that there's a dramatic lack well-documented lack of anything short of left viewpoints and progressive viewpoints on college campuses. So there's no dedication to making sure that there's viewpoint diversity or that there's um, diversity of political opinion or political theory. Um, absolutely no such thing. It doesn't even make the list. But that said, uh, of course, that one's not protected by law, uh, whereas these other ones are. Um, but they, they go on to say, this is critical for the education, employment, advancement, compensation, recognition, and satisfaction. They love these long lists of things. It's so, I forgot it when I was writing the grievance Studies affair Fair Papers how much fun it was to just make these insanely long lists of, of words like this. This is critical. So it's absolutely necessary for the education, employment, advancement, compensation, recognition, and satisfaction of all individuals in our communities. I balk at the word communities because I really want to know what they mean by communities. Which communities do you mean? The campus community? The the department communities? Do you mean identity communities? Who do you mean? All individuals in our communities. Which communities? It's not specified. Uh, I'm not just being nitpicking because these things mean politically laden, identity politically laden things, and if you're going to say words like that, it's... And kind of my bigger point is they're always very vague around what they actually mean. They say this, they might mean something quite significant and specific, and they didn't say that. And so it's actually important to understand. But for the education, employment, advancement, compensation, recognition, and satisfaction, that's an odd list. And so diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, with equitable inclusion and equitable access to opportunities has to be applied in education, um, but employment, so now we're going to have preferential hiring of some kind, advancement, we're going to have preferential uh, you know, career advancement or promotion or tenuring or whatever, compensation, so we're going to scale people's pay accordingly to equitable inclusion and equitable access, uh, recognition, so does that mean we're going to give special awards to people who are, are holding up diversity the correct way, whatever this means, probably. Uh, and give awards and honorifics to people who um, have been historically excluded from them, even if they haven't done anything particular to earn them? Yeah, probably. And satisfaction, that's the weirdest one. So we're going to uphold these. These are critical to the satisfaction of all individuals in our communities. You have to understand that critical these critical theories, these mindsets that underlie these diversity, equity, and inclusion pushes very frequently operate by seeking down to the lowest common denominator of the most aggrieved, the most um, cantankerous individuals, people who are the least happy and the most likely to, to, to say that the system or the university or the institution or, or whatever is screwing them over, that there's racism or sexism or whatever. And they lower the standard to try to satisfy people who literally by definition cannot be satisfied who therefore get put into a position of tremendous power to extort the institution to meet their whims and their wishes because otherwise they're not satisfied this is a concerning sentence but it all gets hidden in this little gobbledygook boilerplate and so, what do they they say next? Accordingly, we endeavor to pursue excellence in our mission to create a diverse, equitable, and inclusive university of the first class, which I'm told is a Texas thing. So, they 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 endeavor to pursue excellence in our mission to create a diverse, equitable, and inclusive university. Does that where where is to pursue excellence in education, in teaching, in research? Nope, and diverse, equitable, and inclusive place. So this is a nod to this religious ideology that diverse, equitable, inclusive spaces produce better results by virtue of just being those things. And the evidence doesn't actually bear this out. Equity tends to create um, resentment. Diversity has a raft of problems that come with it. When you start doing, you know, diversity hiring, or if people even suspect that they were a diversity hire, They end up with higher rates of imposter syndrome. Um, You have workplace discohesion. You have uh, people not trusting that either people that they work with or that are are superior to them in the organizational hierarchy are there for legitimate reasons. You have people doubting their own ability. I recently spoke with somebody who was hired and was very worried going through the job application process uh, that she would be hired because of her sex. Um, and that this had undercut her confidence in her ability to do the job because being hired, if there was a, uh, bias toward hiring women to fulfill some diversity requirement, uh, means that maybe they hired somebody that maybe she wasn't really all that qualified, but they just needed to fill a slot, some artificial, um, non-merit based, uh, category and a requirement, and this this undercut her confidence. So diversity is a disaster even in its best um, circumstances. Equity, which is the redistribution of all of these things, outcomes, advancement, education, employment, compensation, recognition, satisfaction, access, redistribution to make citizens equal according to some standard that is either going to be dem- demographic or taking into account historical injustices, Um, and inclusion in practice works out to be speech codes. I've done a whole podcast on these three words and how they're a total Trojan horse for something else, but a space is not considered inclusive if anybody, or particularly the most cantankerous within it, can be offended within that space. If it's possible, if something comes up that offends that person, it's no longer inclusive. If something comes up that makes them feel uncomfortable, it's no longer inclusive. That something might be the presence of too many people of some other race. It might be a uh, you know rather banal post on a on a, a corkboard or something that that, that rubs them r- the wrong way. It might be the presence of a name that reminds you know on a building or in a of a classroom or something of somebody who had some view that they don't like. All of these things can make an, a space be not in sufficiently inclusive, um, and so people will have to guard their speech extremely carefully. And in fact, it doesn't even have to be that the individual themselves might be offended. It could be that some busybody decides that somebody might possibly be offended and does so on the behalf of somebody who's not even there. That's actually possible to create a non-inclusive or an exclusive space. And so this is is not the kind of thing that you really want to have forwarded as your mission of an institution that hopes to achieve excellence in real-world things rather than in creating this kind of politically... A uh, preferable public public relations game out of uh, whether it's identities or whether it's whatever other thing that they have to shoehorn into achieving their so-called diverse, equitable, and inclusive goals that they're now replace. You know, and the resources are finite. Somebody gives money to this university, and resources are finite. They can only stretch so far. So every dime they're spending on this, every hour they spend on this, which is translated into to, you know, working hours as money. Every bit of effort that goes into this is is a bit of effort that's that's not going into something else. So it's at the best largesse because it only creates really public relations things unless they can make a coherent argument that diversity, equity, and inclusion create outcomes that are worth the cost of the fact that all three of diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, create a chilling and less efficient and less effective environment, working environment that's often plagued by things like... um, hostile working environment and all of this, the the trainings that are associated with these tend to lead to hostile working environments. I've heard thousands of stories about this where people are confronted and they have to go through these stupid training sessions where where they're told all their all their co-workers come in and tell them you have always been kind of racist against people like you and so somebody you just got along with because they're forced to confess this crap or even to make up a confession of this crap uh all these people you got along with at work all of a sudden there's all this like dirty laundry that gets aired and there's this, this discomfort between people and these awkward attempts to like fix it and it's it was all really just better left not dragged to the surface and made a deal out of it. These are the kinds of idiotic things. None of this works. So unless they can create a coherent argument with evidence that what they get out of doing these by by reorienting to pursue excellence in the mission to create a diverse, equitable, and inclusive university, and that outweighs all of these costs, then they're wasting donors' money. They're wasting taxpayers' money. If it's a state school, this is a state school. They're wasting investors' money. They're wasting people's time. They're 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 this, 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 this is a complete these programs are complete frauds. And to, to put that as like the mission of the university to pursue excellence and and satisfying the demands of this fraud requires a compelling argument that it's producing something worth having because the evidence all points in the opposite direction so far. Um, just to make that clear. UT Austin, they write, seeks to improve its inclusive environment of teaching, research, and service in which all can learn from one another, productively interact, and share the benefits of learning and working at a diverse university. I went to a university in the 90s. This was not a problem then. Um, Universities have been fairly progressive, culturally speaking, for a long time, since at least the 1960s. I don't know I mean, there's there's tricky stuff here, right? In <laughs> an environment in which all can learn from one another, productively interact, and share in the benefits of learning and working in a in a diverse uh, at a diverse university. Well, universities are tend, they tend to be quite diverse. Um, people who don't have problems with one another can actually learn from one another, productively interact, and share the benefits of learning and working in a diverse environment. This has been the case for a long time. Um, What are you adding here uh, by creating an inclusive environment in which nobody can ever get insulted? What you are doing is, again, this is a mission to empower the most cantankerous, complaining individuals to say, well, I didn't feel that way. You have to take steps to to change things more in alignment with what i'm doing in other words this is creating an incentive structure for complainers and for hypersensitized people to complain within and to be able to manipulate the university this is a tremendous amount of power to place in whether it's a faculty member especially a junior faculty younger for a student's hands to be able to manipulate the entire institution around their feelings because that's what an inclusive environment demands, and baked into this is this assumption that if they don't create an inclusive enough environment, again, let's not lose sight of this, these aren't racist hellholes, these are universities, they're already extraordinarily inclusive, maybe some of the most inclusive environments in our society, um, the, the the implication here, though, is that if they don't do more to make it even more inclusive so that nobody who's in one of these protected categories that they listed in that long list ever gets offended, then, you know, those people have the ability to claim that they can't actually fully learn from one another, productively interact and share the benefits of learning, and they can therefore use that to manipulate the institution to have to take steps to do more, spend more money, do more of what they want, and the activists that are pushing this stuff have certain agendas, they have certain ways that they believe that these things are accomplished that are, again, not realistic. They're mostly just empowering more of their own people that have these ideas that think and talk this way. This strategic plan, they write, lays out a number of objectives and prioritized actions to be taken by our colleges and schools, CSs, over the next four years to meet these goals for faculty, diversity, equity, and inclusivity. So now they're going to launch into a four-year program to accomplish this. Sounds great. I bet you a lot of money is involved in this, going right down the toilet. Actually, it would be better if the money went down the toilet than rather than empowering activists, because we're about to see that this is all about empowering activists. In the acknowledgements, the office of the executive vice president and provost would like to thank and acknowledge the contributions, research, and commitment from a number of units and partners. Their work has ensured that throughout this strategic plan, we remain focused on including groups and ideas. Here's the weird part. Focused on it that we remain focused on including groups and identities that have historically been excluded and underrepresented. You get that? It didn't say we remain focused on trying to make an effort to include groups that we are excluding or whatever, which is already its own thing, because what the hell is an identity group? Okay, so you got a black person. Does the, they, they speak for black people now? Well, under critical race theory, they do, because there's a unique voice of color. And that unique voice of color arises from the structural determinism of our systemically and structurally racist society that creates a unique, not essential, but unique perspective that is the correct, authentic expression of what it means to be black in a white-dominant society. And... We're not even talking about there being you know so this is already including groups you can't include groups you include people and those people come from maybe you could say groups or that they are members or people who happen to be members of certain groups but that's not what's going on here this ideology sees members of groups as having an authentic structurally determined that's their phrase that's their term structurally determined experience in life relevant to or, or relative to the the power dynamics that they allegedly experience which are cartoons of reality and so they're going to include individuals but they say they're going to include groups and identity you can't include an identity you can include an individual why aren't you getting say thomas soul he's black why aren't you asking black conservatives why aren't you bringing in somebody like kanye west he's black Why not go get somebody just off the street who happens to be whatever identity that's been historically, oh, no, no, that's not what you're going to do. And you can't even, with this, you have to understand this. This is so important. It is not about including groups and identities that have been historically excluded and underrepresented. You have to have somebody under this doctrine of structural determinism of what it means to be a member of said groups or identities that then it becomes representative of a group and identity. That person has to understand it in the way that the theory deems authentic. So you can't get Kanye West, even if he were an academic. You can't get Thomas Sowell because he's a conservative. You can't get Shelby Steele because he's a conservative. He disagrees with the party line. You can't even get somebody like Glenn Lowry because he disagrees with the party line. And why can't you? Because they're not giving the authentic representation under the doctrine of structural determinism that speaks into what it's, what it means, what it, what it's like to have been historically excluded and underrepresented. So this is a bid, a commitment to hiring people with a particular, under a doctrine of diversity, to hiring people with a particular view Namely, the critical view that is alleged to be the only one that expresses authentically what that structurally determined experience as an identity group could mean. When they say that they want to include, they, we remain focused. This is a quote. We remain focused on including groups and identities. That's a lie. They are including people who are going to speak on behalf as though they are some kind of an ambassador. Hi, I am from the blacks and I speak for the Latinx. They are bringing in individuals who have taken it upon themselves to speak as ambassadors or as avatars of these groups and identities because that's how critical theories of identity think that there is an essential structurally determined experience as an identity category. And so once you get one of that, you have to find somebody of that identity who has that critical consciousness of that identity so that they can speak into the authentic structurally determined experience that theory says that they have to have. So this is a justification to bring in activists. And we're going to see for sure in a minute that that's what it means. Um... But to carry on reading, the issues and concerns these groups have raised. Okay. Groups don't. These groups. Who is the ambassador of the blacks that has raised the? No, you are bringing in activists who speak on behalf of lots of people who are otherwise not homogenous. They they are individuals with, <laughs> with 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 heteronymous interests among them. They are they 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 are not actual the structural determinism is a horrific doctrine. It is a cr- completely racist doctrine, but no, the issues and concerns these groups, you mean these activists speaking on behalf of these groups have raised, warrant our collective commitment to examine them further. No, collective commitment. So now everybody in the whole university community or collective, we're going to use collectivism, let's just say it, that's what community means, has to take these views, you know, spoken on behalf of identities and groups by activists who have taken it upon themselves to represent that. That's the objective here. The university is deeply grateful for their con- their continuous attention to the critical details and nuances needed to provide a truly comprehensive and inclusive strategic plan that addresses the concerns they have raised. Again, we're talking about who are the they, activists speaking on behalf of identity groups as though they can do so because they believe that they have a critical consciousness that gives them awareness of what the only true experience, structurally determined experience of being that identity category means. in any member of those groups, whether it's gay, whether it's trans, whether it's black, whether it's Native American, it doesn't matter, who disagrees with their view must have false consciousness. They have internalized racism, internalized transphobia, internalized misogyny, internalized something. They have some form of false consciousness because they don't even know that their, their, their identity is category has an essentialized experience under structural determinism and thus that their voice is only authentic if they are actually mouthing the critical theory that uh, of that identity category as laid out by theories like critical race theory queer theory etc university has just gone hook, line, and sinker. So who do they name specifically for acknowledgement? This is how you know it's activists. Council for Racial and Ethnic Equity and Diversity. Activists. University Faculty Gender Equity Council. Activists. Council for LGBTQ access, equity, and inclusion. Activists. Independent Equity Committee. Activists. Student Advisory Committee for Diversity. Activists. The Coalition of College and School Diversity Officers activists these are all select these are all groups these are all organizations or committees or, or or councils or whatever they happen to be that have a profound selection bias for filling themselves up with activists who have been indoctrinated and programmed to speak in terms of this critical consciousness so that's exactly what i just said is exactly correct that's who they're thinking so not to drag this out because this could go on for hours i could just rail on this for hours. Literally, I'm on like page three. We've been at half an hour already. Um, and kind of do this a little more quickly. Strategic objectives. Objective one, attract, recruit, and employ a diverse faculty. Well, we know what that means. It means more activists. The primary objective of the strategic plan is to attract, recruit, and employ a diverse faculty. Objective two, retain, develop, and promote a diverse faculty. So this is exactly what I was saying before, right? So we're going to hire more people who satisfy whatever the weird diversity requirements are. Then we're going to work to retain, develop, and promote them to higher levels. Closely related objective is to retain, develop, and promote the professional advancement and well-being, the well-being at their job. Uh, Of all of our faculty members who are already here, the diversity plan must recognize that it is not enough to simply hire faculty members who contribute to a diverse faculty, but it is equally important Equally important to do, to retain and promote them. Yeah, you have to give spe- preferential treatment to certain identity categories as long as they have the right critical consciousness. As we're going to see, their critical consciousness isn't just relevant for the reason that I said, we're going to see that it's actually core to what they're doing in uh, a, a couple of pages down. Uh, objective three, establish an equitable and inclusive climate. You mean a one where everybody's pissed off at each other and the, everybody's walking on eggshells constantly. UT Austin is a premier institution of higher education that recognizes the benefits of diversity, equity, and inclusivity in which difference stimulates and generates excellence. That literally is a sentence that doesn't say anything. Such excellence in faculty diversity is sustainable only if every individual and their differences are welcomed, respected, and treated equitably. should point out, that under this idea of structural determinism that I mentioned before, under this idea of, of a voice of color, under this idea of what's ultimately boils down to standpoint theory, as it's called, the idea that one's social positionality, uh, who, where you stand in relation to the various power dynamics in society and all of its various uh, manifestations, whether that's rich or poor, whether that's black or white, whether that's um, straight or gay, whether that's trans or, or, or not. Um, it's believed that those constitute actual cultural factors. Your identity is a culture to you because of your relationship to systemic power in society. That's how this theory thinks. And so by very just by the virtue of being a whatever identity category, so long as you have that, cult, that, that critical consciousness that tells you what that structurally determined um, experience of being that is... As long as you are a critical theorist with a particular identity, then you have a completely unique perspective. Doesn't matter if you're a chemist. Doesn't matter if what is relevant is your skill in chemistry. No, you have to be able to bring your political gayness to chemistry. You have to be able to bring your political blackness to physics. And if you're not doing that, you're not doing diversity. And the 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 the, the, the article of faith that's happening here is that if we just bring in all these people who have politicized identity factors, that by virtue of the fact that their political identity factors speak into that structurally determined standpoint theory laden, which is a bogus concept, understanding of difference, then you're going to generate, as they say, uh, that they're going to stimulate and generate excellence because difference is just going to create that. And the differences are politicized identity things, but how are people not going to fight over their politicized identity factors? Oh, that's simple. They all have a critical consciousness, which means they all understand the same intersectional hierarchy, and they all know their pecking order, so that they know where the anti kicks up, so they know that if they're Hispanic or Latinx, you're supposed to say, if the, there are no Latinx people, if, you, if they know if they're, if they're Latinos that, and the black person speaks over them, that they have to shut up. They know if that they're white, they better just go sit in the corner. That's what that ultimately boils down to. Well, it's not saying that. They they won't say that that's what it is, but that's that they know that everybody knows their pecking order in the new cast. That's what it's all about. Objective four, support innovative and diverse scholarship, teaching and service. So like in previous podcasts that I've done, I said that there's this roadmap that they start infiltrating the kind of the sociology of what's happening. So here it's the university hiring and promotion culture, and then they use that. To change the thing itself. And once they kind of build a personnel culture by focusing on the sociology, then they, they shift it to changing the thing itself. Support an innovative and diverse scholarship, teaching, and service. So now scholarship, teaching, and service are all going to have to be geared toward repeating theory. That's the long-range objective here. UT Austin recognizes that the imperative of faculty diversity is not mere presence of different identities. Of course not. You're going to have to have critical consciousness so they know that structural, structurally determined experience, but includes different knowledges, positionalities, and experiences. That's exactly what I just said. A, the different knowledges, like what? Racial knowledges, which come from understanding with critical consciousness, critical race consciousness, exactly the structurally determined experience of being a particular race in a white dominant society with a particular racial hierarchy. And how will you understand that? Because of your different positionalities. Positionality must be consciously engaged, intentionally engaged, they say. Positionality is your relationship to the systems of power based on your different identity categories, which you can only understand by having adopted these critical consciousnesses of become a critical theorist of these various identities, and then experiences. Which experiences? The ones that are your lived experiences, which are only authentic when they match the narrative that these critical theories of identity tell you are authentic under a doctrine of structural determinism, that your relationship to power in society has determined what your perspective is, what your culture is, and who you are, and thus what you bring to the table. I told you that's exactly what it is. So hence they write, <clears throat> hence the benefits of faculty diversity are realized if the multiplicity, Jesus, these words, man, are realized if the multiplicity of perspectives and scholarship that faculty bring to the campus are embraced, supported, and rewarded. Yeah. So people come in with these different critical perspectives. And then what do you have to do? Embrace, support, and reward. Criticize? No, no, do not criticize perspectives. That would be inappropriate. It doesn't matter if they're wrong. Don't. Embrace, support, and reward. This is a university on a crash course to a disaster. This is a university literally throwing its mission away because it's taken up an ideology that's crackpot and is just concerned with installing political operatives who all have the same underlying belief and the same underlying identity category-based hierarchy, but otherwise look different and speak to different, different aspects of it from their Various knowledge's positionalities and experiences. Here's the justification: these perspectives offer UT the chance to be a leader in many exciting new areas of scholarship. Bullshit! Critical theory. They're about, I wrote those papers about dog sex and stuff. These are not exciting new areas of scholarship. They are areas of sophistry. They produce literally nothing but self, uh, self, uh, fellating. I didn't want to say it. Self fellating agitprop. They do not produce scholarship. These are not exciting new areas of scholarship. They are sophistry. They start with their conclusion and they just write a bunch of big academic words that don't mean much to get to those conclusions. Believe me, I know. This is how I got into this mess. I did it myself. And so they then go on and to use the knowledge we gain. There is no knowledge here. At sophistry. It's sophistry. It is politics, it is ideology. What they're, they're exciting new areas of scholarship are to write down more BS in their ideology. And then to use the knowledge we gain to enrich the educational experience of our students. In other words, so we can reprogram them to think the same way. Public recognition of the diversity of our faculty and the embrace of diverse scholarship. Diverse. What do you mean? Like chemistry, physics, biology? You know, no, you don't mean that. You mean people who have adopted critical consciousness and their structurally determined experiences and then do like, I don't know, gay chemistry and I mean that, politicized gay chemistry. That's a a thing. The LGBTQ chemistry is a thing. It's all over Twitter. I see it all the time. Teaching and service, they say. They say that this enhances the reputation of UT Austin. No, it doesn't. It's embarrassing. It's freaking humiliating that you've fallen for this. As an inclusive institution of intellectual excellence. No, 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 no. As uh, of, of ideological excellence, I should, it should say. And In scholarly innovation. No, 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 no. There's no scholarly innovation. You're just writing down the same boring ideological garbage. This is this is a direct refutation of the whole point of the university. So again, I'm running along. I get worked up of these things. Um, I really did not intend this to go as long as it's going to end up going. So again, we'll try to summarize. I'll try not to do it. Objective one, attract, recruit, and employ a diverse faculty. The primary objective of the strategic plan is to attract, recruit, and employ a diverse faculty. Hopefully, I've convinced you by now that diverse faculty means people who have critical consciousness of the structural deterministic experiences of different identity categories according to that long list of identity categories. I guarantee you the white one's not interesting to anybody. The male one's not interested in anyone, interesting to anyone. The straight one's not interested to anyone. That's not how that works. Able-bodied, not interesting to anyone. So it's to hire people who have are critical theorists of identity in various identity categories. The primary objective of the strategic plan is to attract, recruit, and employ activists who think this way. Priority one, establish and implement procedural norms and policies to represent best practices for faculty hiring at the university and enhance institutional diversity equity and inclusion. It's so tedious. In this manner, we will strengthen regular faculty hiring processes by increasing the yields of diverse faculty through refinements in our hiring processes. Do you notice that they literally didn't say anything? That they literally just talked in a circle to like put words on a page. In this manner, we will strengthen regular faculty hiring processes by increasing the yields of diverse faculty through refinements in our hiring processes. The sentence doesn't say anything. By keeping it vague, they can do whatever they want. Our goal at the end of the four-year plan is for all faculty searches to comply with these policies. It's not very clear what they are, but okie dokie. Priority two, implement a centrally funded special faculty hiring program sorry, I added a word A that's not there. Implement centrally funded specialty faculty hiring programs with diversity-related skills as a principal or important criterion. Hire activists. That's, that's your translation of that. Hire critical theory activists. Centrally funded special faculty hiring programs with diversity-related skills as principal important criteria. Merely belonging to a particular racial group or having some other immutable characteristic does not qualify as a diversity-related skill. No shit. You have to be an activist. What did I tell you? You can't just hire a black person. The black person might not represent blackness correctly because they might not have the critical consciousness, the critical race consciousness of structural determinism. In other words, they might not agree with critical theory. You actually have to be an activist. They're explicitly telling you this, but they're using jargon that you might might not understand. Um, kind of skim through the next page, uh, overview objective one, attract, recruit, and employ diverse faculty. And it's exactly the same words as on the previous thing. And then they, they say what the actions are and completion targets, responsibilities, Um, action a working with the subcommittees of deans develop and adopt policies and procedures across all colleges and schools. Um, okay. Let me see if there's anything really important here. Uh, so the the targets are by the academic year 2020-21, which is now ending now, principles adopted by all colleges and schools support materials and audit functions are developed, and then next academic year 2122 22 principles implemented as part of all searches. All faculty searches in all colleges and schools are now going to have these principles implemented. What are the responsibilities provost office will work with the deans and uh, college and schools diversity officers, so the activists, to implement these actions for all authorized faculty searches. So now diversity becomes a key component of hiring. In support of these actions, the provost office will provide colleges and schools with support and assistance with pool research. This will include institutional membership and service that provides enhanced pool support to provide assistance and consultation with advertising outlets. So they're going to try to put out materials to attract certain kind of people for the jobs. Provide training. Uh, So sorry if you were white and thinking you were going to work at UT Austin or sorry if you were straight and thought you were going to work at UT Austin or something like that. Um, Provide training on evaluation of uh, demonstrated skill in promoting or achieving diversity, equity, or inclusivity in teaching service and research within applicant portfolios. Uh Aha, now we have a political test for hiring. Provide training on evaluation of demonstrated skill in being an activist for this stuff. So that's who's gonna get hired. This is exactly like we're at the University of California at Berkeley, where they said that they weren't going to use diversity statements as a, as a political litmus test for hiring, and then they screened out 75 or 76% of the applicants in the biology department, where I'm sure you know skill in biology might be the most important thing. Nope. Seventy-seven or six—I mean percent—of the applicants, 75, 76, something like that percent of the applicants never even had their CVs considered because their diversity skill score was too low. Political test for hiring. So install political test for hiring. Further refine the search committee training and assist the colleges and schools with personnel and resources for college school-based search committee trainings. Action B. All members of faculty search committees must participate in diverse hiring training. Let me tell you an example of a diverse hiring training that's actually used. I don't know which one this one implies, but there's one that comes out of the University of Michigan called STRIDE. I believe that's an acronym. I don't know what it stands for. I was told by somebody that was actually using it that in a particular scientific field, and I'll leave all the details out of this for the moment, that there was a two-to-one ratio of male First author papership to female, first author papership. And so, I don't think papership is what I meant to say. First authorship on papers. Um, Sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied trying to hurry. Uh, So the stride method said, okay, so it's a two-to-one ratio in first authorship on papers, men to women. So when a woman applies, just double the number of first author papers that she reports for hiring purposes. But that might make sense if the reason was that there was um, discrimination, but it doesn't make sense unless there's discrimination, that two to one ratio is not legitimate. That's the kind of stuff that these diverse hiring trainings might include. Another program is, like I just mentioned, the University of California system, where they were literally having people do diversity statements, grading them according to a a rubric of, you know, one to five. Then it was the more radical the higher your score, the less radical. Like if you had a totally reasonable liberal perspective on diversity, you'd get like a one or a two. But if you had this complete radical view, you'd get a five. They'd give you that score. And then they only even looked at the the CVs they only looked the, they only looked at the application really of people who had the highest quartile scores on on that political litmus test so that's what they're going to train people in this is a great first two year goal or whatever actions to attract recruit and employ a diverse faculty lots of words here i'll try to run through this um, with priority 1 action a all Uh, Colleges and schools' strategic hiring and recruitment plans should support the university-wide objective of increasing faculty diversity, that's a political thing again, to levels that adequately support the university's undergraduate and graduate student pedagogical mission. What pedagogical mission requires you to have critical theory activists in various proportions? I thought the pedagogical mission of the university was to teach students fucking subjects. Maybe that's not what it's really about. However, colleges and schools cannot use quotas Nope, they're illegal, <laughs> but that's what you want to do. That's what these people want to do is they want to have quotas that they want to say, we need X number of people of this identity, Y number of people of that identity, Z of that identity. And we're only going to hire people who have this critical consciousness activism, uh, highly progressive, highly critical, uh, critical theory based view, because otherwise they don't have the authentic view because they don't have the structural determinism aspect understood correctly. However, colleges and schools cannot use quotas, which is what they want to do and must avoid Making employment decisions on the basis of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, or any other impermissible basis. Yeah, no kidding. They're going to use politics. They're going to use, do you have the critical consciousness necessary while they do faculty searches that are based to try to bring in people based on all of those things, race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, or any other impermissible basis. For instance, like how Harvard and Yale are discriminating, especially Harvard, against Asian Americans because of of all the different various nationalities, um, because they have low personality scores. Like you didn't technically discriminate on them because they're Asian. You discriminated on them because they have shitty personalities. Yeah. We see how this goes. So all individual faculty searches should be mindful of the diversity plans and goals and the college and school strategic hiring plan. What do you think they're going to cook it up to where they're going to try to achieve quotas without doing it explicitly? That's what's happening here. Colleges and schools will frame the disciplinary scope of each faculty search as broadly as possible to attract a broad pool of diverse candidates. Colleges and schools will include applicant experience or demonstrated skill sounds good, right? in promoting or achieving diversity, equity and inclusivity in teaching, service or research as a desired skill set. You have to hire the activists who have the critical theory in mind, exactly like I've already told you what this is really about. Merely belonging to a particular racial group or or having other any other immutable characteristics does not qualify as having a diversity-related skill. No shit. Like I said, you have to be a properly trained, critical activist in these things. That's what this is all about. The skill or experience with diversity, equity, and inclusivity work will be stipulated in each job posting as a desired characteristic. So now we're creating a selection bias for activists should apply. Not an activist, don't apply. You probably don't have much of a chance. I've had so many people send me pictures of job applications that they've decided not to fill out in the last year because it says that they want somebody who has experience and skill in diversity, equity, and inclusion. So people who have a different mindset need not apply. They're screening applicants on a political grounds. This really should be freaking illegal. Applicants should address any past contributions pertaining to diversity, equity, and inclusivity, as well as any plans for future contributions in their application materials. There's the thing they did in the University of California system, where they literally ignored seventy-five percent of the applicants because they didn't have they were they they graded those statements, and they didn't even consider three quarters of the applicants based on how good of biologists they were? Nope. Didn't even come up. Didn't even get that far. Couldn't even gauge how good their research, their teaching, their grades, their background, their their appointments, nothing. Their awards. Couldn't even gauge any of that because they didn't get past the political litmus test. And here it is. Deans may choose to have their colleges and schools or allow individual departments to seek this information in the form of a separate statement to be evaluated after screening candidates for qualifications related to their academic specialty. At least here, they're saying that they're going to screen based on quality first, which is the opposite of what happened in California. So hopefully it stays that way, but I trust these activists about as far as I can throw them. Um, So how long does that stay? Hopefully that stays put, that they're going to do skill first and then use this as a final criterion still people with the wrong ideas don't need to apply let's politically concentrate our departments such skills and contributions will not be required to advance in the hiring process but will be positively considered what does that mean so it's possible you might get through but there but you get bonus points for hamming up a politically charged diversity statement guess what that's called an incentive structure guess what's going to happen Expertise in the underlying area is also the predominant factor in candidate consideration. Hopefully that lasts. Each search will be advertised in various venues to attract a diverse group of potential candidates. This is vague. What? Various venues like what? Uh, including potential candidates from historically underrepresented groups. So you can't do quotas, but you can just make sure that the applicant pool has certain characteristics. That'll that'll get you there. Um College and school leadership, e.g. dean or, for example, dean or college and school diversity officer will monitor the pool of applicants for each faculty position for for diversity as the search proceeds and may require expansion of searches when such pools are not sufficiently diverse. See, don't get enough applicants of particular, particular categories that you're not looking for quotas. Then, oh, what's, wasn't diverse enough. Gotta keep looking for more. Can't hire out of this group. They're trying to achieve quotas without saying they're achieving quotas because they know they can't do it. So they project at the beginning and say, hey, look, we're not going to do quotas. And then here's a bunch of crap. So they can basically do quotas. Colleges and schools will report to the provost's office on the methods they employ to recruit and review a diverse applicant pool. Yeah, so you better be doing it right or else the the administration is going to bust your chops. Each search will actively solicit applicants for the purposes of enhancing the diversity of the candidate pool. See, they're going to do quotas without saying quotas. (sighs) So they're going to selectively push to create sufficiently diverse applicant pools. You'll be punished if you aren't doing that in your hiring practices. They're going to then use diversity statements and uh, commitment and expertise in doing the political activism in the academic setting as a search and uh, selection criterion. Lord almighty, this is what's going on. This is year one. This is objective one. Each college and school must have a diversity officer. So, you know, you got to hire another bureaucrat, but that person gets paid a lot. That's your donor money going to some serious political bullshit. Um, Each college and school must have a diversity officer whose responsibilities include oversight of faculty, diversity, equity, and inclusivity. In other words, a commissar. Um, So you need to hire commissars and pay them. Um, to bust your chops on this stuff and make sure that you're able to achieve quota hiring without doing quota hiring. Each diversity officer is responsible for collaborating with the provost's office uh, in leading search committee trainings and training the trainers in their respective college and schools. So we're going to make sure everybody all the way up and down is, is totally indoctrinated in this. Action B, all members of faculty search committees must participate in diverse hiring training. Each year, UT Austin conducts 60 to 80 faculty searches. Provost's office will formulate, update, and provide content for faculty search committee workshops, training the trainer, web-based options. With the support of the provost's office, each college and school will conduct workshops and train search committee members on equitable and inclusive search techniques, policies, and protocols, how to find more activists to hire. Priority 2, Action A Implement and Publicize Provost Faculty Recruitment and Hiring Program. Completion Target Dedicate approximately $750,000 per year of your taxpayer and donor money to cover the base salary of five faculty members at $150,000 base salary per year. Contributing to the community of faculty with skills and experience supporting diversity, equity, and inclusion. So now you're going to give three quarters of a million dollars a year to hiring five new commissars. That's what that is. Conduct assessment to allocate additional funding. That's the next year. So that's good. Sorry, that's in, in 23, 24. So it's a couple of years down the road. So now you're going to need three quarters of a million of, of dollars of the university's budget going to five more diversity commissars. And the next thing is we're going to talk about increasing that later. What a shock that this is a huge grift to hire lots of people at very cushy salaries and Admi- administrative budget bloat. There's your donor dollars. You think you're donating to a college that's going to do like education and stuff, has cool stuff that you remember? Nope. You're you're basically hiring a socialist bureaucracy that's going to teach a bunch of racism. Uh, that's what this is about. Action B funds will be made available to support the hiring committees for faculty hiring that emphasizes diversity, skills, and engagement in diversity activities. It says these support funds are already available. Which means that they're dedicated. They've already dedicated a certain certain amount of support funds to this activity in the university. Um, just kind of skipping along. You're not know, going to read necessarily all of this. Uh, well, maybe I should. A provost faculty recruitment and hiring program hire as possible when considering as a whole all of the candidates' many qualifications and anticipated contributions to the UT Austin community. That's what you have to say to, to dodge the lawyers. A college and school determines the candidate satisfies the usual high academic and intellectual standards for membership in UT Austin's faculty body and a discipline of need or interest to the university, and the candidate has skills or experience to advance the university's mission-driven goals of diversity, equity, and inclusiveness. Merely belonging to a particular racial group or having other any other immutable characteristics, so that the lawyers don't get mad, does not qualify as a diversity-related skill. Because we have to hire activists, and hiring decision-based hiring decisions cannot be based on a person's race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, or any other impermissible basis. Hires will be awarded only to uh, colleges and schools that have demonstrated a sustained programmatic commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusiveness in general and particularly in their hiring efforts and in, have a mentoring and support program in place to support scholars recruited through this program. So you're either going to hire diversity people or you're not going to be allowed to hire people. Wonderful. Publis, uh, publicize the provost faculty recruitment and hiring program. Invest $3 million over four years to supporting recruitment and hiring. That there's your $750,000 a year over four years, right? So there's $3 million over four years of your money, taxpayer and donor, to recruitment and hiring a faculty whose qualifications allow them to contribute to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Amen and A women. Funding will be revised after the initial funding level has been exhausted, uh, will be revisited, sorry. Uh, $3 million over four years to supporting recruitment and hiring a faculty Uh, contributing to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Funding will be revisited after that. Why did it say it twice? I don't know why it says it twice, but anyway. Yep. So we're going to give them $3 million to do this. Okay. That's just to hire new people. That's objective one. Objective two, retain, develop, and promote a diverse faculty. A closely related objective is to retain, develop, and promote the professional advancement and well-being. That's really weird. Of all our faculty members who are already here, The diversity plan must recognize that it is not enough to simply hire faculty members who contribute to a diverse faculty, but it is equally important to retain and promote them. (coughs) Excuse me, I got too worked up. Um, Yeah, so preferential hiring, preferential promotion. You can see that this is a seriously corrupt system being installed. You get your politics right, you play the critical theory diversity game correctly and you are a golden goose. You don't play along and you're a problem. And if you're you're not going to get hired, you're not going to get promoted, you prefer this is this is corruption of the highest order. This is why I say that there's an iron law of woke corruption. Everywhere you see woke ideology coming into play, like diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives virtually always are, it's corruption. It's these people are going to be preferentially hired they're going to allocate millions of dollars to diversity uh, commissars, and those people are going to make sure more people like them are hired, promoted, re- rewarded, etc. This is this is corruption. If you wanted a university run on competence, you are flushing that right down the toilet, and you're going to dedicate a lot of money to doing it. That's what this program is. So priority one, working with the subcommittee of deans to establish mechanisms for assessing contributions the Assessing contributions to the university community, there must have been a missing word here, to the university community through teaching service and research, including as a part of the merit and promotion process for tenure, uh, tenure track and non-tenure track faculty, such contributions may be in the areas of diversity, equity, inclusion. Okay, so at first it sounded okay. It's like, oh yeah, priority one. Let's figure out ways to make sure that we, we promote people for legitimate reasons. And then, whoops, last sentence. Diversity, equity, inclusion count as legitimate reasons for promotion. Yeah, your biology skills? Doesn't matter your teaching skills. Uh uh. Got the right politics? (laughs) Who wants to be an associate professor? Uh, okie dokie. Who wants tenure? Um, Priority two, establish formal cross-disciplinary faculty mentoring programs. Every college and school will establish formal, intentional, comprehensive, and benchmark faculty mentoring programs and make them available to all tenure-track and associate professors. The objective of these programs is to facilitate the transition from assistant to associate professor and from associate to full professor. These transitions have often been problematic for historically underrepresented faculty members. So again, the last sentence gives it away. So we're going to create mentoring programs that are basically going to create conditions under which uh, people who—not them, but people who look like them in the past—have been less successful at uh, transitioning from one level to the next. Reasons given: skin color. Obviously, must be racism. If there's a difference, it must be racism. That's the theory. That's as much as it understands. That's what equity says if we're going to create an equitable university we're going to say where are the differences let's just paper over them by by promoting and hiring people uh to fill in the gaps and we'll create a mentorship program so that people get to know each other and that'll happen okie um so what are the actions to this contributions to the university community through teaching service or research will be a positive factor for faculty merit and promotion considerations However, such contributions are not required in promotion or other employment decisions cannot be based on a person's race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, or any other impersonal basis. Lawyers are happy. Um, Each college and school will develop mechanisms for evaluating faculty contributions to diversity, equity, and inclusion in their units for considerations of merit and promotion. Yeah. (laughs) Aren't you a good comrade? The more good of a comrade you are, the more likely you are to qualify for so-called merit-based promotion. <sighs> a faculty service award, including service that enhances diversity, equity, inclusion will be established. Of course, there will be a freaking bogus award given to somebody who's the best little comrade. Ah. And what would happen if you won that award? Well, of course, you're going to be more. These are people who are the best People in the ideology, the, the political arena, not their job and enforcing the politics, pushing the politics, now they're going to get a professional award for it, and that's going to help them get promotions, etc. It's so corrupt. This is Soviet. It's so corrupt. This is Soviet, is what this is. Deans should consult with diversity officers before creating dean's letters for promotions. <laughs> well, how about that? Um, the vice provost of diversity. So these, these, these diversocrats, these administrators are going to then have say over who the Dean is allowed to recommend and not recommend for promotion. How about that? Nothing corrupt could go, could, could, could go on here under this. The vice provost for diversity will provide advice to the president during the proceedings of the presidential promotion committee. They will be asked to join the discussion along with the deans when expert when an expert assessment of contributions to diversity and inclusion is needed, commissars are going to help you decide who gets promoted. They're going to even be able to speak up over the vice provost. Uh, sorry, the vice vice provost of diversity is the key commissar that will be able to speak up over the president of the university. They will be given access to promotion materials for this purpose. Um, well, that same statement to protect the lawyers kind of happens everywhere, uh, but yeah. So by academic year 2021-22, 20, develop workshops and other resources for training and writing about and evaluating contributions to diversity. Serve the ideology. Begin the training of academic personnel in writing about and evaluating these contributions. This is just a complete diversion of, of the university's academic and research mission into becoming an, a, a Soviet-style um, ideology uh, institution. Um, priority two actions: each college and school will develop and implement formal benchmark mentoring processes specific to their areas. Mentoring relationships across colleges and schools will be encouraged. Where appropriate, contributions to mentorship will be included as part of the service criterion for merit and promotion consideration. So, participating in this mentorship program, which I guess has an eye to diversity or whatever, because they said it was about getting more historically. Uh, marginalized people promoted is going to count toward your merit. So participating in the um, in more administrative bullshit at the very least with an ideological bent to it now becomes a part of your your uh, your professional development in your university. Um, let's see nothing else terribly interesting there. Objective three, establish an equitable and inclusive climate. UT Austin is a premier institution of higher education, not for long on this road, that recognizes the benefits of diversity, equity, and inclusivity. Yeah, just keep sucking up to that. In which difference stimulates and generates excellence. That's just words, man. Difference stimulates and generates excellence. How? The research doesn't bear this out. It's not even true. They just say it over and over and over again. Such excellence in faculty diversity is sustainable only if every individual and their differences are welcomed, respected, and treated equitably. Yeah, if everybody just believes in this, it'll work out great. Holy crap, there are seven priorities for this. I'm probably not going to be able to go through all the details of all of that part. Priority one, conduct annual audits of faculty salary differences and develop action plans to address any findings of salary disparities that are found to have resulted from considerations of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, age, or any other impermissible basis. You just call them impermissible bases. In other words, they aren't allowed. So if there are these disparities, what you're going to find is that there might be statistical disparities that have that that could not have been based on this, but you're going to then assume that they're based on this and then you're going to adjust salaries as a result. Priority two, conduct an analysis that includes an audit of endowment and faculty award recipients and a description of procedures and criteria for faculty selection for such endowments and awards in all colleges and schools. This analysis will include an assessment of the distribution of endowments and faculty awards with particular focus on faculty members of historically underrepresented groups. Action plans will be developed to address any findings of improper disparities in the distribution of endowments and awards. Again, the theory behind any of these critical theories of identity where the word equity comes into play is if if there are differences, then those differences must be wholly due to bigotry of some kind or discrimination of some kind. And so the remedy to that is to just equity means adjusting shares so that citizens, or in this case individuals who are members of groups that are are, are diverse and filled with individuals, because you're not allowed to say that, um, adjusting shares so that those people are made equal. So this is going to happen with salary, faculty salary. It's going to happen with the distribution of endowments and awards. So we're now going to cr- we're going to start redistributing salaries and uh, endowments and awards so that any disparities, no matter what their cause, can be attributed to and then used as proof of sexism, racism, homophobia, etc., held up as proof that the university has been this complicit in this evil that it isn't and it has been illegal for a long time, and then they're just going to fudge the numbers to fix that. Priority three, conduct an analysis that includes an audit of leadership and committee membership at the colleges and schools and department levels, and a description of procedures for how the tenured, tenure-track, and non-tenure-track faculty filling those roles are selected. This analysis will seek to identify disparities in service and governance assignments, too much service, too little leadership, Action plans will be developed to address any findings of improper disparity. So, a little bit more redistributing everything. Now we're going to talk about how people get stuck in committees and and um, what that means in terms of their promotability. Priority four: create a diversity officer position. There we go. Now we're in the now we're in the good stuff. We're not just rearranging people's salaries and endowments and stuff. We're now going to create a diversity officer position. Another commissar. I wonder how much that person gets paid in the dean's office of each college and school responsible for faculty diversity. This position will be responsible for the coordination of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts for tenured, tenure-track, and non-tenure-track faculty in each college and school. Priority five, design and implement resources and training for all tenured, tenure-track, and non-tenure-track faculty members in, on inclusive student interactions. Hmm. Now you're going to teach people to to shut their mouth and not insult anybody and to to bow down if anybody claims that they were offended and apologize and just fall into extortion rackets and get bullied by their students. Excellent. This should super empower faculty members. No problem to deal with students who know that they can milk these incentive structures that you're putting in place. This will definitely increase the effectiveness with which uh, instructors are able to um, manage their classrooms and to uh, effectively teach. And, you know, it'll come up with grading too, I'm sure. Um, This process has already begun with the formation of the UT Access, Equity, and Inclusion Institute, a three-year, 2019 through 2022, pilot uh, collaboration between the Vice Provost for Diversity Unit and the LGBTQ Studies Program. Activist studies program that seeks to implement faculty practices that lead to enhanced access, equity, and inclusion with regard to students. In other words, how to leverage more power into the hands of students to manipulate faculty into doing what they want. Here's a common little trick that happens you'll get these students, these little extortion scams on the professors, and this will disempower the professors for dealing with them. And they will write this whole thing, this whole kind of diatribe about how. They think that their grading wasn't unfair, or, or was unfair, I should say, that something, you know, I don't think that the, I should get a better grade, blah, 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 or they'll just go off on the, on the professor, and it doesn't really matter what they do. This incident happened in class, they're going to write this long diatribe just going off on the professor, and then they include this magic little line at the end. I hope that my identity category, whether it's race, sexuality, or whatever, I hope As a, you know, as a whatever, I hope this doesn't, this, you know, sharing my view doesn't negatively impact my grade. Now, all of a sudden, you're caught in an extortion web where you have absolutely no power as a professor to do anything but give this person a better grade. Because if they get a bad grade on anything, they're going to say, oh, well, they got mad that I wrote this email just telling them my opinion. And if that opinion happened to be speaking into that structurally determined authentic lived experience of being identity category, now you've got a major problem on your hands. And as a professor, you literally cannot grade this person objectively any longer. You have to inflate their grade. And this little extortion rack, actually fairly common. Well, priority five here and, and objective three on this plan will disempower professors even further. Because they're going to be trained instead, and they're going to be overseen instead to make sure that faculty practices lead to enhanced access, equity, and inclusion with regard to students. So if they come at you with one of these things, like this huge diatribe, like they felt like they were alienated, blah, 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 and they speak into that whole critical narrative, and then they say, I hope this doesn't affect my grade. (laughs) they actually hope it does. They hope it inflates it, and you are disempowered as a faculty member. Should be great for the education, should be great for the reputation of the university when people out in the real world start figuring out that that's what happened. Priority six, design and implement resources and training for department chairs, uh, college and school administrators, and tenured tenure-track and non-tenure-track faculty aimed at creating and sustaining an inclusive culture within colleges and schools and their component units. Climate and practices of diversity, equity, and inclusivity have a direct impact on units' abilities to recruit and retain diverse faculty and staff. Well, that's not actually true. It has a direct impact on their ability to to recruit and retain these activists who get pissed off about this stuff and make a stink about it. But that's actually, those people are not typically representative of those groups, except in places where they are made representative of those groups by stupid policies like this. This is exactly the kind of thing that I've seen happen. Um, I know a story of a a STEM department where there's a, a young woman who went through her whole tenure process and she finished the seven years or six years or whatever it was that was required. And she had a pretty pretty good record, but it wasn't perfect. And, you know, everything was okay. She she was voted on for tenure. She was passed. She was approved for tenure. But on the vote of the faculty members, a handful, nobody voted against her. Everybody voted for her except a handful of faculty abstained on the vote. And she said that this was rampant proof of a non-inclusive environment that was evidence of rampant sexism and misogyny in the entire department that made her so mad that she was then going to leave and start over tenure track all over again at a different university rather than try to stick it out in a sexist department. This is utter nonsense. This is an extortion racket. And this is, of course, what they're going to open up to with priority six here. This is what inclusivity actually does. It doesn't prevent retaining, say, a woman in the faculty. It, re- it prevents retaining a bitch in who is going to be a problem. I know you're not supposed to say that, but let's just get real. Everybody in every, inc- every every company that I've ever talked to, but not universities, because nobody has a spine in a university, has the capacity to spot these people. They know who these people are. They know that they're going to be problems. They know that they're going to be problems of a particular type. By the way, the more diversity, inclusivity, and equity training they go through, the more likely they are to be this problem. They know who these people are, and they create stinks, and they do this intentionally, do this over and over again, and those are the people you won't be able to recruit or retain. You don't want those people in the first place. But we, here we have the institution literally bending over backwards to bring in the worst possible actors who are going to manipulate and use these emotional and, and public relations based extortion rackets to shame and, again, manipulate departments into doing what they want, manipulate administrations into doing what they want. This is totally corrupt is totally bogus. This is exactly the opposite of what any sane organization would want to do. So, you know, again, if I were giving, I would not be giving money to the school anymore until this thing, this whole diversity equity inclusion plan gets set on fire. It's a terrible idea. Priority seven, increase opportunities for leadership development for all mid-level, sorry, mid-career faculty to achieve increases in development of underrepresented groups. So, you know, no quotas though, no quotas, no quotas in hiring, no quotas in promotion. Um, just saying since there are seven of these, I'm not going to go through all of the brutal details. A lot of it's, there's probably something horrific. I haven't read this far down, but there are lots and lots and lots of details. I would like to see how much that thing is supposed to cost. Um, by year two, 100% of colleges and schools establish positions and appoint diversity officers, commissars in every department, every, every college, every school. What a wonderful wonderful plan. Just fill the university with more administrators, and bureaucrats, and all of them commissars to an ideology so that they can crack down on people who aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Whew. Sorry, UT Austin. You know, you thought you you, you thought that the, the, the challenge against your school song was like a big deal. There's nothing compared to the crap that's coming in the back door through this. So skipping down, because this is running long and I'm not going to read all of those Uh, objective four, I'll read this and rant a little bit. How many priorities does it have? Three. UT, this, I already read this, of course. UT, sorry. Objective four, support innovative and diverse scholarship, teaching, and service. Diverse everything. Everything has to serve diversity, equity, and inclusion. Everything serves a new religion. Dei, D-E-I, God. UT Austin recognizes that the imperative of of faculty diversity is not the mere presence of different identities, but includes different knowledges, positionalities, and experiences. Mm -hmm. Hence, the benefits of faculty diversity are realized if the multiplicity of perspectives and scholarship that faculty bring to the campus are embraced, supported, and rewarded. Not criticized, I remember. These perspectives offer UT the chance to be a leader in many new many exciting new areas of scholarship and to use the knowledge we gain to enrich the educational experience of our students total racket this is so freaking bogus their scholarship is so fake what an embarrassment what a freaking embarrassment that a university would be saying this such a such an embarrassment public recognition of the diversity of our faculty and the embrace of diverse scholarship, teaching, and service enhances the reputation of UT Austin as an inclusive institution of intellectual, (laughs) ideological (laughs) excellence, and scholarly, it says innovation, but good lord, it is not, there's nothing innovative about this. It's just the same rehashed crap over and over and over again. Yeah, so you're going to have people with different, different, lived experiences of structural determination, and they're going to occupy, they're not necessarily going to be the best biologists, they're not necessarily going to be the best chemists, they're not going to necessarily be the best engineers, not going to necessarily be the best literary theorists, but you're going to bring them in with all these different perspectives of, of structurally determined critical awareness of, of structurally determined lived experience, and that's somehow going to encourage an institution of intellectual excellence and in scholarly innovation. You're literally bringing in people who are, A, less qualified because you're now using a l- other criterion to select them and be political activists who are going to waste their time doing this stupid political activism as one of their service goals that they're allowed to do to help encourage it's highly encouraged by the by, by the university to help encourage their promotion opportunities such this is just a complete waste of 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 talent what this is this is, this is the kind of thing that causes people to leave the country and go to a different country to get a better education because the education here is, so, is, is going to be so corrupt in a few years. Just watch the brain drain from the United States and from Texas in particular. Watch anywhere that doesn't do this, start picking up students who would have gone to these schools, picking up faculty members who would have taught at these schools and done advanced research at these schools. Any other place that doesn't do this, picking up all of that and excelling and all of those great professionals that would have come to Texas or would have come to the United States are going to go somewhere else because that's exactly what's going to happen when you start watering down education with stupid ideology that the overwhelming majority of people can see through and that literally excludes half the population, which is the conservative half. Yeah, Great plan, guys. Great plan. That should serve... Texas is a kind of conservative state. It should serve... I know Austin's kind of like not, but it's... uh, that should serve this should serve the state of Texas, great state of Texas, so so well to exclude a majority of its talent um, from one of its landmark institution, uh, educational institutions. Yeah, it'll be fun when they leave Texas and go to a state like Florida, where they aren't doing this crap as much. Although all the universities in Florida are probably just as stupid. Um, Any state that takes a stand against this and starts defunding the living crap out of this stuff in their universities, like, oh, UT Austin, you want to do this? No money from the state for you. Any state that straightens out its universities as a result is going to go gangbusters. They're going to have so many people wanting to teach there, so many people wanting to come and uh, go to school there, those people are going to graduate, they're going to be competent, they're going to, lots of them, not all of them, but most of them will end up staying in the area, staying in the state, staying where they feel like they had respite from this horrific ideology that's taking over everywhere. It's such a gigantic opportunity, and these stupid universities are so religiously bound to this DEI bullshit that they have no idea the opportunity that's in front of them. And I just literally hope they get squashed. I hope the states defund them. I hope the donors all abandon them. I hope they go into freaking bankruptcy. And I hope some private entity creates some alternative education model that just completely wrecks them unless they can turn their asses around real fast. And I don't see it happening because they're committing to a four year plan of grift and extortion (laughs) and ideological uh, zeal and hiring commissars. Great idea. I bet those people are going to be easy to get rid of. Um, all these useless commissars. De- Priority one, develop and fund a provost's early career faculty recruitment fellows program, provost fellows, to support the recruitment of excellent faculty members who can contribute to diversity at UT Austin through their teaching service or research. Why do you have to prioritize diversity in freaking everything? The goal of the program is to increase the number of faculty with diversity-related skills. Remember, that means activists. That means critical theorists. Skills and interests by identifying early promise and investing in career development and professional growth. We just talked about what all that means. It means We're going to bend the priorities of hiring, bend the priorities of awards, bend the priorities of recognition, bend the priorities of promotion to make sure that the people who have the right ideology, who have the right politics, gain more status, money, and uh, power within the the institution. That should be great for the, the real mission of the school. Of course, I keep saying the real mission of the school as though that hasn't already been completely subverted and redirected somewhere else. The school is already a completely different entity. It is not the same thing it was probably even 10 years ago, but was, or even five years ago, certainly not 20 years ago. It's a completely different entity now that has completely abandoned its, its former mission. It's not even the same. It has, it has, other than like the buildings and the geographical location, some of the faculty members and some of the some of the culture, it's barely going to be a shadow of its former self if it's gonna keep on these roads and if it's adopting this road. The program it says will provide cohorts of Two to three fellows, one to two year fellowships for humanities and arts, or humanities, arts, and social sciences, two to three year fellowships for STEM fields to participating departments and schools. So, we're going to bring diversity empowered people into the every other department of the university through fellowships that somebody is going to pay for. Good idea. At the end of the fellowship period, fellows will be included in a long list of candidates for tenure track hire in the sponsoring department or school. Okay, so there's this paper, there's this is academic paper, it's real out there. Brand Foz, and Michael Carger are the authors. I've talked about it before on the podcast. I've talked about it everywhere. I've written about it. This women's studies is a virus. They literally compare themselves to Ebola and HIV and cancer in a positive way. They say, this is an ideal pedagogy for women's studies and feminism. And the idea that they argue is that these activists, who we could say are the DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusivity activists that they we're trying to bring in through this program at UT Austin, are meant to be thought of ideally as viruses who are trained in the ideology and then sent into other disciplines departments to infect them with the ideology and turn them into something different from within. And here we see this as priority one and objective number four. This program they write is designed to support activities that equip early career scholars with the research, non-experimental, experimental, and or computational scholarly and professional skills necessary to successfully undertake independent academic research and teaching at UT Austin. Good for that. It will facilitate the transition of promising postdoctoral researchers and or early pre-tenure faculty members with diversity-related skills and interests, of course. See, this is just open to people who are, you know, the favorites of the political commissars the people who are passing these political tests, the people who are these activists. And so what are we going to do? Oh, we're going to bring them into all of these research non-experimental, experimental, and or computational, we're going to bring them into all of these different things, and we're going to infuse them into these departments, just like the virus paper. Uh, let's see, where were we? Um, Diversity-related skills and interests, the, the goal is to help uh, trans- transition them to independent tenure-track faculty positions at the University of Texas or other research-intensive uni- institutions. So we're going to use these fellowships to drag people in, postdocs and shit, to drag people in and then make them faculty members at the University of Texas. And how are we going to determine who to do it and, and who to keep? Diversity-related skills and interests. Ideal candidates will express commitment to beginning and or continuing an academic career and have independent research projects that fit the strategic vision of the recruiting departments, which of course, remember, have to include DEI, but they probably, if it's physics or something, would include physics. Priority two, support the programming and research engaged in by the tenure, tenure tenure-track, and non-tenure-track faculty who have the objective of enhancing campus diversity, equity, and inclusion. So we're going to throw extra support, whether that's money, whether that's something else, into people who are trying to push DEI, develop and support tenured, tenure-track and non tenure track faculty. This is priority three, sorry. Develop and support tenure, tenure-track and non tenure track faculty research and teaching on diversity, equity, and inclusion in higher education. So great. We're going to now also throw money into getting people to do more research into how to pervert the university further. What a freaking great idea. That's what this is about. Um, It outlines in the next page the uh, criteria for participation. Um, Probably should want to read all of this. Um, But, you know, there's some good stuff in here. Candidate must exhibit exceptional potential in their field of scholarly endeavor. That that should be uh, the case Um, that's good. Uh, But there is, of course, all of the the, the usual stuff about pointing out how important it is that they are able to... um, Participate in inclusion and equity in academia, research, budgeting, etc. Uh, this program will be open by application to other UT postdocs with a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So again, there's a political test to get these positions or these fellowships. Ideal outcomes of the program will be, one, identification of excellent faculty candidates who could be hired on the faculty line. Identified by the department or school. Okay. Two, professionalization of outstanding research scholars who have the skills and experience to increase diversity and inclusion through teaching service or research within higher education. So we're going to professionalize activists and make them part of our departments. And three, the enhancement of the reputation of UT Austin. (laughs) That's not going to happen. As a center of research excellence, attractive to excellent scholars. Oh, there it is. Attractive to uh, excellent scholars interested in diversity Uh, Sorry, diverse, equitable, and inclusive institutional settings. Not for actual scholars, not for top scholars, not for excellent scholars, but no, we're going to try to enhance the reputation of UT Austin as a center of research excellence for people who buy into the religion. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. So we're going to try to increase the reputation of UT Austin within the sight of the activists who are pushing this stuff into our society that's what this is about this is a total political corruption of the university that's what this plan is um, I'm sure this is going to involve a lot of money'm uh, just gonna skim through though and see if it says 10 additional visiting scholars 30 advanced grad students I don't it doesn't say how much any of this is gonna cost oh wait yeah there it is Um say, 30, dedicate $35,000 to support this programming. Um, that's not that much compared to the 3000000 million you're doing otherwise. Uh, I'm sure though that there's a lot more money involved with um, 10 additional visiting scholars, university-wide, 30 advanced grad students, two conferences supported through the program supplemented by new funds from colleges, schools, and research centers. Um, and that's each year uh, over the next three years. So I'm sure that this is going to cost them more than $35,000. Um, does not say anything more about money. So this is this is the summary then. I you know, kind of rushed the end. I didn't read every last word of those last two parts of this um, strategic plan for faculty, diversity, equity, and inclusivity for the University of Texas at Austin, as put out by the Office of the Executive Vice President and Provost. In my opinion, I've already rendered my opinion, so I'll just wrap up with that. Um, my opinion is that this is a catastrophe for the university. This is an ideological perversion of the mission of the university to bring it in line with and attractive to, as they said in their own words, people who have a particular ideological vision of the world. It is to hire preferentially, promote preferentially, reward, acknowledge preferentially, faculty members who are committed to this particular ideology that's loaded up with activism to to, to bring activism into the, to all the colleges and schools and departments, of the, uh, to hire political commissars to make sure that that happens, to empower the most easily aggrieved or offended students and faculty members to uh, be able to leverage that offense over the institution to get what they want, which will result in lists of demands, to create situations in which faculty are disempowered with respect to students, ultimately to do the thing that they say that they legally can't do but mentioned a couple of times, which is to create quotas based uh, on hiring um, and promotion. How are they going to do that? By making sure that the applicant pools are are sufficiently diverse where they don't count, and then Secondly, to then hire according to these diversity standards, which are going to be subjectively, you know, uh, assessed to say that they are in line with the party goals. So, my my last thought then is, if you give money to the University of uh, Texas, sorry, I went to Tennessee, uh, Austin, if you're a donor, if you pay taxes in Texas, or if you actually control the flow of tax money to that institution, um, I would or if you're thinking about sending your kid there, if you're thinking about going there yourself, um, I wouldn't, I would stop giving them money. I would stop going to a school that's dedicated. Now I get it. All the schools are doing this kind of thing. And so this isn't about the university of Texas at Austin. Almost every school is implementing one of these disastrous evergreen state college, uh, programs. That's just going to make a mess of their university because their priorities are completely distorted. But if you are somebody who's giving money to the school or who is in a position of state authority that sends spends money, directs state funds to the school, frankly, I would stop. I would stop and I would tell them, look, you want to get money from us as donors? You want to get money from us as alumni? You want to get money from us as tuition paying students or parents? You want to get... Um, money from the state, cut this crap out. Go back to a colorblind approach. Get the diversity, equity, inclusion garbage, which is a fraud out. Or if you want to include it, at least like with the state, the state should be demanding evidence that this stuff works. The evidence right now, no evidence supports it. And I don't mean waffly uh, papers that are just written and kind of academic gobbledygook that says, Oh, diversity is good because this, I theoretical papers primarily. No, I want to see some hard evidence that bringing in people who have a critical consciousness of what it means to be gay somehow improves chemistry. How? Show, show it, show how that works. Make the argument. And if you can't, the state should literally start defunding these places. Uh, that's my advice. So if you give money to the universities and your university is doing this, I've used UT Austin because I happen to have the example handy. If you give money, stop. It's the easiest thing I get asked all the time. What can I do to help in this fight against, against the, the woke takeover of the world? And the easiest thing you can do is assess. And I'm not talking about boycott stuff that you're buying. I'm talking about anything you were donating money to that's gone woke at the very least. The simplest thing you can do, it'll even save you money. is Stop giving them money money. Make it conditional. Don't give them money until they drop the woke crap. It worked with the song at UT Austin. It can work in other places. So it's very important in my opinion to realize and understand my goal with this was to share this particular document from UT Austin to show people what that document contains, to translate the stupid administrative jargon so that people understand what it's actually asking for, and to point out that really that this is happening everywhere, and no institution that's doing this deserves anybody's any reasonable person's support. If they want to do an ideological mission like this, let them support themselves. Taxpayers shouldn't be paying for it any more than they should be paying for uh, something that was indoctrinating them in Scientology. Uh, donors shouldn't be paying for it because it's a it's a complete rejection of the mission of the school. So that's my advice. That's what I wanted to do, but. Anywhere that you work, anywhere that you live, anything that you're involved in, where you happen to see one of these kind of boilerplate looking diversity statements or plans, diversity, equity, and inclusivity plans, that's what's going on behind it. That's what these words mean. That's what, when I read this, this is what I see. Um, And I hope you can start to see it too. And again, don't give them any money. Uh, If you want to, you can send it to me instead. Um, I accept cash checks, PayPal, I, I take it all.